All right, welcome in to another episode of Let's Get It. Chase and Justin joining you on a very good Wednesday, Thursday afternoon. Coming up on Let's Get It, we break down Braves winning the wild card series against the Cincinnati Reds, not allowing a single run in either of the two games. NBA, heater done. I won't say that. Just yet. leave it at that. Yeah. Heater done. I was wrong. Um, in the end of the show, give a little college football preview and talk a little bit of the NFL. Let's talk a little bit a over under what do the Falcons, what are the Falcons going to do on Monday night? But let's dive right into this baseball talk. Braves win yesterday, one to nothing, on a Freddie Freeman walk-off single in the 13th inning. And this game, this game was... Does it all... Well, wait. I'm gonna let you say. Yeah, I'm gonna let you go first. I just wanna, I just wanna talk a little bit about game one. Game one was, as a baseball fan, as a guy who pitched through high school, this is my favorite kind of game. A game where it's a pitcher's duel, and Trevor Bauer was unbelievable yesterday for the Reds, going seven and two thirds, no walks, twelve strikeouts. I mean, Trevor Bauer is one of my favorite pitchers in the, in baseball because the way that he pitches, the way that he's just different, it's like, you know, he he's not afraid. Like, I just feel like athletes, and specifically baseball players, are robots with the media. Mm-hmm. And they just kind of go about their thing, and then they say the same old cliches. <laughs> and then on to the next game. Exactly. <laughs> and Trevor Bauer is, like, not afraid to speak his mind. Mm-hmm. He's not afraid to um, necessarily take a shot. And tell you how he feels. Exactly. He, he vlogs his games. <laughs> like, he'll vlog through the... Um, He'll he'll vlog on like days he's not starting, or he'll vlog on his way to the stadium. Like, like on his all own the behind, or on, the, on behind the scenes. Yeah, he has his own YouTube page. That's funny. <laughs> yeah, it's it's pretty awesome. And you know he he's gotten a lot of flack from the media because you know he's he's gonna say what he yeah, wants to say. Speaks late. Yeah, and yeah. you Those know guys will always get flack in the media. Exactly. You start speaking your own mind, and they don't like it. If they don't agree. You're going to hear it. And, you know, he. it's been a terrible year for Rob Manfred, MLB commissioner, because he was... The way he handled the Astro situation, the comments that he made were, it's just a piece of metal, the trophy. <laughs> that's that the wrong you, thing. That, as the commissioner of as the, the commissioner, as the you commissioner, call it a piece of metal. You can't say that. <laughs> that's That's the... The worst thing you can say. But Trevor Bauer was just strutting the entire game, which I like. I like that I like that players I love the bat flip after a big home run. I like the showboating because I think baseball needs to stop being such a old man sport and needs to need some like flashiness in it. You know? No, do you know who Mike I know you're not a baseball player. Do you know who Mike Trout is? Yeah. Uh Cardinals? 
Angels. Angels. See, I'm way off. <laughs> that's the thing. Is like I know he's really good. You don't have to. <laughs> I know you that. don't have to like basketball to know who LeBron James is or who Kobe Bryant. I um, knew he played with a team that had red in it. That sounds exactly. so bad as a sports <laughs> fan, but I knew that. That's why I said Cardinals. Mike Trout is the best player in the game of baseball right now, and nobody knows who he is because players aren't allowed to market themselves, and baseball players are not in any. Big commercials. Everybody, everybody in the NF. If you, you Harper don't have, has the Head and Shoulders commercial, doesn't he? Okay, Harper, Harper does, but not, not a lot of people know who Bryce. Like baseball players. I know who Bryce Harper is. I know. Yeah, I know. But that, baseball players, like, not everybody's gonna know who they are. Mm-hmm. You're gonna look at Bryce Harper, and they're gonna be who is that? Nobody says who is that when you see yeah. LeBron James, I, Kevin I, Durant, yeah. Kawhi. In the NFL, everybody knows who Odell is. You don't have to. You don't have to say. Uh, I feel like in in sports like like football and basketball, it's a lot easier to transcend past player into superstardom. Because to me, there's different. The difference between being a star and a superstar is a star is someone who is mostly known. Is not. I won't say mostly known, but their main reason for the why you know them is is the sport that they play for the for what they do on or on that court diamond field or or whatever but when you become a superstar is when you're more when you're known outside of football when people can exactly. say your name and they don't automatically or outside of whatever sport and they don't automatically go to like start talking about or like start on the sport like cuz when you say Odell of course the first thing you think is football but he does so many other things. Same thing with LeBron and people like that. Russell Wilson, because you know him, married to Sierra and right. stuff like that. So that's what that's what I feel like. Yeah, baseball doesn't have as many superstars. Yeah, like Justin Verlander, pitcher for the Astros, married to Kate Upton. Not a lot of people know yeah, that. I was about to say I wouldn't know who that because is because you said that name a million times. Yes. Like, if it was any. Even if it's like a role player in the NBA, everybody would know who it is. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. But getting back to this game, okay? It was, if you are a, if you are one that likes offense, this was the worst game you could have asked for. First MLB game, MLB playoff game in history to go 11 innings where a team does not score a run. The Braves struck out 21 times as a team throughout the game. Both teams combined to cut, and the Reds struck out 16 times. And I could tell you were loving it because you kept texting me. You were like, 11 innings, 13 innings. <laughs> I just wanted to make sure you were watching left. it. This is happening. And I was like, yeah, Chase is that, right now. <laughs> see, that, that's the game, though, that, like, it wasn't like... I mean, I was nervous, obviously, because mm-hmm. the Reds were in scoring position. It's not like there were a bunch of one, two, three innings for the Reds. Like, they were getting runners on. They had 11 hits. They left 13 men on base. Like, they were getting runners on, but they just weren't scoring. And so, I mean, it was like, it was like every time they got on base and every time they were rallying, it was, it was for me, as a Georgia fracking. sports fan, <laughs> thinking, oh, great. Again. Just lost. Here we go again. And, you know, it. the Braves, the Braves prepared for this. 
If this was last year, the Braves would not be prepared for a game like this. A game where the bullpen has to throw six innings and throw shutouts. This was a, this was a game where you This is where Will Smith and Mark Melanson and Shane Green and um, Chris Martin are getting their money's worth because that's where they were needed. I mean, this is this is what they were brought here to do. I mean, last year we have to go with Luke Jackson in game 1 in a 3-1 game because Chris Martin got hurt and Shane Green was already used and we were thin in the bullpen because it was either go with Luke Jackson or Sean Newcomb and it was not the right time for Newcomb frankly. And what happens? Luke Jackson gives up back-to-back home runs as soon as he comes in. And we didn't have to worry about that this year because Luke Jackson wasn't on the playoff roster. And what I loved about this game was, you know, coming in, what I was most nervous about, Trevor Bowers winning the Cy Young Award. Okay, he's just going to do it. That's for best pitcher? Yes. The Reds have the best starting rotation in baseball. Specifically, 1-2-3 with Trevor Bauer, Luis Castillo, and Sonny Gray. The Braves have had all kinds of issues with their starting rotation this year. Have lost five pitchers. One, their ace, Mike Soroka, due to um, a torn Achilles. Felix Hernandez opted out because of COVID. Cole Hamels was hurt all year. Um, Fulte and Newcomb were complete disasters, and I'd be shocked if they ever played in a Braves uniform ever again. But, I mean, it's it's one of those situations where finally we're getting hot at the right time, specifically on the mound. And Max Freed threw seven seven shutout innings yesterday. Six hits. And what I loved about the game was that he wasn't striking people out. Like, he wasn't necessarily overpowering guys. I think through four innings, he only had one strikeout, which was complete opposite of Trevor Bauer. But what he was doing was, you know, not... He's just trusting his defense. Every every hit that the Reds got was soft contact. There was almost no plays where um, it was it was a solid hit. I mean, it, it you know you can blame the timing, like time of day. They had noon noon first pitch at noon for the first two games of the year. But the fact that our starting rotation two games in a row was able to outduel the best starting rotation in baseball. That says a lot about the Braves going forward. The Braves bullpen is going to um, keep them in every single game. They are an elite bullpen. They have an elite lineup with one through nine being a threat. Not necessarily in this series, but... Anybody in that lineup can get it. Can anybody in a lineup can get a hold of one at any time? And 
you know it it was just it was just satisfying to see a young starting rotation out duel a veteran amazing rotation and a young guy like Max Fried who last year was the number 4 starter wasn't even a starting pitcher in the playoffs last year he just came out of the bullpen it makes you feel better about the future. Exactly, mm-hmm. Mike Soroka is going maturity. Mark Mike Soroka will be back, um, probably the middle of next year because Achilles they take a long time to heal. You got Max Freed, probably be number two or number three, because I really think that they're going to sign a free agent. I'm really hoping it's Trevor Bauer. And then Ian Anderson was outstanding today. Two walks, eight strikeouts, and six nine strikeouts, six innings, two hits. He's going to be your number four. I mean that he's going to be a number two and or maybe even a number one in anybody anybody else's bullpen or starting rotation. And then you got Kyle Wright who really came on. And I was really hard on Kyle Wright because Kyle Wright every single time he came, he was one of those guys that in AAA he was amazing. And then he'd come up for a spot or, or start or two and, you know, wet the bed. I mean, he was terrible. Mm-hmm. And he was terrible to start the year. And I really wanted him to just give up, give up on him, to tell you the truth, because it's been three or four years. And um, we had a chance to go and get a starting, a starting pitcher this year, a veteran. And they didn't do that. They stuck, on to, they stuck with Kyle Wright. And what I really think helped his growth is that he what they weren't playing mu- musical chairs with him. Like, they weren't giving him one or two starts and then sending him back down. They actually, like, the fact that they had no choice but to stick with him. It makes only, players feel more confident exactly. in situations like that. It's not like a situation where they're going to, to press because they're so worried about being sent back down. Mm-hmm. I mean, I've been in that situation. When you're more worried about exactly. your job than playing well. And he was... And he... He almost pitched afraid, like prior to feeling comfortable enough. He almost pitched afraid, like he was afraid to go inside on a hitter. He would always throw outside, especially to left-handed hitters. And um, just honestly, he's just looked a lot more confident the past few weeks. And if he's going to be our number five starter going forward, we're going to have the best rotation in baseball. And, you know, it's just, it, this series, like, it's the first time the Braves have won a series since 2001 in the playoffs. And for me, it's like, it's like, okay, I'm not necessarily like, I want them to win the NLDS next week. I want them to go to the NLCS and then I'll be okay. Because this series, it was like, okay, great, they won it. It's a playoff series win, and they're moving on. So, but at the same time, it's like the way you make it sound is like, okay, so if, if they make, if they go past the NLDS and make it to the NLCS, you'll be satisfied with this season. Yes, because, so you won't be mad about them not making it to the series. I mean, it would be great because that's one series away, isn't exactly. it? Exactly. Yeah, I would be. I would be. Obviously, I want them to win a World Series, but I frankly, I want them to win a playoff series. And obviously, you can sit here and say that this was the playoff series they wanted. 
And I have been a firm believer that if the Braves just win one playoff series, then it'll get them going. You, you, li- you like this as something to build on. You like yes. this as a step yes. for more years. I want. I think that getting to the NLCS would, like, would be a building block. With, like it's, with some of the things you just mentioned, with like some of these guys that seem like they more have to re-sign, and some of these guys who are... Kyle Wright is sticking around for a few years at least. Ian Anderson. I mean, these guys are under arbitration for like three or four more years. So they're good. Okay. Um, I, I think ask, they just need one more free agent pitcher. So I wanted to ask. I kind of looked into it. I, I want to say something about baseball or at least try. Yes. I looked into it. I, saw, I looked at the bracket. I saw that moving on, we will either be playing the Marlins or the Cubs. Yes. Which team do you feel better against, and why? Normally, I would say the Marlins because the Braves just tear up the division. Like the Braves have won the division the past three. This season worked out so great for the Braves because forty of the sixty games they played were against divisional opponents. Mm-hmm. The past three years, they've won the division because they've beaten the division head to head. So normally, I would say the Marlins. But the Marlins have such a great starting rotation. Also, with Sixto Sanchez and Sandy, forget his last name. Starts with an A, though. I'll move on. Okay. And so that makes me a little bit nervous. But I, this series gave me confidence. The fact that Max Freed and Ian Anderson... And frankly, Kyle Wright. We haven't seen Kyle Wright yet, but he's going to be the third guy. The series gives me confidence that they can compete. They can compete with Trevor Bauer. They can compete with anybody. And they will be able to... Sandy Alcantara. That's how... Yeah, that's it. The fact that they can do that makes me feel better. And I think that they're better than the Cubs, and they're better than the Marlins. Um... I think that they would I think that they would do better against the Cubs based on the starting rotation. I think that they would beat the Cubs four games. I think that they can beat the Marlins in four games. So I think that they match up well with both. You're thinking sleep no matter what. Is it a seven game series? Best of five. Best of five. Yeah. So I'm probably I I'm I'm going to stick with the Marlins because it's a divisional opponent. They've only been to the they've only been to the playoffs twice, I believe, in their history. And they have never lost a playoff series in those two appearances. They've gone to the World Series both times. But I think the Braves with what they do against the division, the Braves will beat the Marlins. So yeah, I'm gonna go with the Marlins. They are ahead one to zero against the Cubs in the series they won yesterday. They got postponed today as we record Thursday. They got they got postponed today. They play tomorrow. I think that the I think that the Marlins might win that series, and I like I like them to face the Braves, and I think that the Braves would. I think the Braves should beat either one of them, but I'm going to stick with the Marlins because divisional opponent, Braves tear up the division. Okay. I'll, I'll, I'll take your word on that. Yeah. You know, <laughs> yeah I, I, don't, I, I really need to get on baseball more. I'm looking through these numbers and stuff right now trying to understand what's going on. 
But before we go on to our NBA topic, I just want to mention one thing. The Houston Astros defeated the Minnesota Twins yesterday. They swept them in the series. Carlos Correa just became the most hated baseball player. I hate Carlos Correa because he just, every time he opens his mouth, it's just stupid and like acts like the victim in this whole situation. And the Twins have now lost 18 straight playoff games. Jeez. Carlos Correa, after the game, said, I know a lot of people are mad. I know a lot of people don't want to see us here, but what are they going to say now? And why do you even need to say that, yeah, first of all? You don't even need to, you don't even need to, like, take a shot at the world. Like, the, it's not the world's fault you decided to put a camera in center field exactly. and steal signs. I know a lot of people want to see it, don't want to see us here. Like, well, that's obvious. You you were cheating. You they made you it, were cheating. Like, they made it into a different circumstance playoffs where they were the seventh seed, finishing either right at 500 or slightly below 500. And they defeated the Minnesota Twins, who have lost now 18 straight playoff games. And he says, what are they going to say now? I'll tell you what I'll say now. <laughs> He's you still don't himself. deserve the World Series from 2017. You're still cheaters. And you still, don't, you still don't deserve to be where you are now. And it showed this year with everybody's numbers dropping significantly. Jose Altuve had his worst career season. I think he was about 213 batting average. Awful. So, to answer your question, Carlos. Answer your question, Carlos. We're still going to say that you suck. We still are going to say that you don't deserve what you have. We still are going to say that you're the most hated man in baseball. And you're still going to lose in the second round to (laughs) whoever you play. I don't remember who they play. I think they play play the winner of the White Sox and um, A's. So probably the White Sox since they're ahead three to nothing. But let's move on to baseball here, or NBA here. Lakers take Game One yesterday with a final score of 116 to 98, and it was after the first quarter. It was pretty much over with. Oh yeah, I it was. He took a 10 point lead. As soon as the Lakers started hitting threes consistently, they were, they had. Anthony Davis had hit two threes, then KCP, then Caruso, then LeBron. When they started hitting threes... Where the heck did KCP come from? To me, that's when the game was really, really over with. And, and, And that's the crazy thing. You ask that question, but KCP's main job is a three-point specialist. His main job, why he was brought to the Lakers, yeah, exactly. Yeah, <laughs> that same face is exactly what, what most fans are saying. Is like, okay, so so why haven't we seen that until now? Like, like his main job is I mean, him, it was him done and Danny after, Green is three-point specialist and, and play defense on their guard. I mean, he was done after the first quarter pretty much. I think he, I think he had like eight of the first 20 points. Who, KCP? Yeah, yeah, KCP, yeah, he was going off, yeah. To start off, yeah, KCP was not, he was not missing any shots. And he's, he's so good defensively. And 80, 
LeBranthony Javis just are so <laughs> much bigger. They're <laughs> just so much bigger than. Is that our new name for their that combo? Is, yes. LeBranthony <laughs> Javis. That meme was just so funny. <laughs> uh, yeah, I, th- I think that's the uh, what it boils down to. I didn't even and 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 I don't know how it kind of. I think I mentioned it a little bit, but I don't. I don't think I harped on it enough. I harped on it more during the Lakers Nuggets series, and it kind of caught me by surprise when it really shouldn't have. It's just the size difference between the Heat and the Lakers. It's just it's it's unbeatable. The they're, 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 the 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 Heat's best big man is really Bam Bam, and he's not a center per se. And and. I know a lot of people would wouldn't say Anthony Davis is a center either, but by by size and by original position, he should really be a center. Yes, he just he just happens to not really play like one anymore. Last night was the game where I realized just how big he was, Mm -hmm. and I mean it showed. Mm -hmm. I mean, I don't think Drogic is out. They're doubtful. They're both yeah. Bam and Drogic are both doubtful. He tore his plantar fasciitis or plantar. I, I forget how to say the word. Plantar fascia. He tore that in his left foot after after giving an MRI. There, he's honestly, not coming back from yeah, that. Yeah, yeah. That keep, is so painful. To, they keep he's trying to say doubtful. We don't know. Blah 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 blah. They keep saying that, but they just he's he's not coming back from that. When you tear a tendon or things in your foot <laughs> in 100 no. and 100% bam was already gonna mm-hmm. struggle against ad and now they're now they're saying yeah bam is now listed as doubtful too because yeah. it was the same same shoulder and arm they said it multiple times during the game same shoulder and arm he had tweaked during that series against uh against the celtics and I just without Bam, without Goran, first of all, I'm I'm gonna, I'm gonna tell you what each of them brings, and then even then, Jimmy Butler was hobbling around. He yeah. had hurt his ankle most. He had hurt. He had came in, hurt his ankle sometime during the first half. Went in the half early. Yeah. Or went in the half early. I'm pretty sure. Kind of walked around, got it taped up, and then when they're down by like twenty something points. Eric Spolstra puts him back in in the fourth quarter with seven minutes to go uh, for what? And then he goes back out there and ends up tweaking it again. He's hobbling around again. It's, it's, it's just, it, I feel like... When you're down I, by I, 20 I, points in game one of the finals... Keep your stars keep, out. <laughs> keep And keep your main focus star. On, it's your still, main star. Like you don't need to panic now. after being down one nothing. Exactly. And, and, and that's something that Eric Spolstra should know. He's been with the three Heat times for, for I yeah exactly he, he's been at least the, he's was he's he a won, part of the two thousand six one three he's one for a fact three yes but uh, as a head coach I'm not sure but it's just you should know being a coach this long coaching the caliber games that he has in the type of coach that he is with the with the status that he is you know not to put your stars in at that point I I don't know if he was trying to. Maybe see if you could get a spark because you saw people like Kendrick Nunn come out there and start and start playing like he was during the regular season. Um, Tyler Hero got a little bit of something going near the end and stuff like that. So I don't know if he was just trying to see if he can maybe like like by chance get it. But last night's game did not make anything look good. And and I'm, it's hard to blame injuries on anything other than chance. But I can't help to feel like 
part of this just I don't want to say they weren't ready for the moment. They weren't experienced enough for the moment. They weren't they weren't they weren't prepared for how locked in and how hard that LA was going to come. And I think they weren't they weren't prepared for it mentally or physically. And I think that's why you saw people like like they had a clip of Jimmy Butler on the sideline, uh, like kind of whispering to himself, "We're all right, we're all right." Like like he's trying to convince himself, like, "Okay, like we're we're good. Like this is just one game." And that's one thing I want to remind people is, it's one game. But here's the thing. What I what I had loved about this Heat team, throughout this entire playoffs, is that they have not one but two, not three, but four or five guys that contribute like 20 points. Mm-hmm. As a whole. that They have done that throughout the playoffs. Duncan Robinson had zero points. Yeah, Duncan Robinson couldn't hit anything for Bam had time. eight points. Drogic had six. Hero had 14. I'll leave Jimmy out. Duncan Robinson, honestly didn't take enough shots to me last night not only Took three yeah not only did he did he not get any points is like once he's once he saw himself miss those first three and that and that's part of the thing that i said it's like is they're lacking experience he missed those first three and he gave up on shooting well, he here, said he, he scratched it and stopped <laughs> but here's my point for that is when one guy is done when one guy is having an off night and you don't have guys that can back him up. Mm-mm. If the other three guys can't pick up the slack for that one guy who's off, there's there's no coming back from that. And and and, and like you also on top of that, and that just piles on to the thing with Drogic. You're missing your your main point scorer to me. Your main guy who you go to whenever you need a quick two points or the main ball handler whenever you come down the court, Goran Dragic, and he's gone. He's, mm-hmm. he's he, he, like, they keep saying doubtful, like I said. He's not coming back. Isn't that this? I'm pretty sure that's the same injury that uh, Peyton Manning had had it's, near the end of his yeah. career. And it's just, it, it, I just, I don't I don't, I don't know how long it takes back. to heal. Yeah, and Peyton Manning was out so over a month painful. or something. Yeah, because yeah. remember that's when Brock Osweiler was yes. in and everything. But I, I, this game, this game didn't. It doesn't mean that the series is over. It wouldn't have meant that the series was over if so many people didn't get injured. I think the series is over in terms of we know for a fact who's winning now. Whether it comes in seven games anymore no whether it comes in six games i'm honestly not sure i i don't want to write the heat off as a sweep because it's the finals and you just you don't see that much both teams are there for a reason i think they will jimmy's not gonna lay down right. he's gonna go out there and play his hardest i think tyler hero will go out there and play his hardest i think you will see kendrick nunn go out there and turn up a little bit kind of show more of what even even more in Pour more points offensively from Kendrick Nunn than what you were seeing since he got into the bubble after he had ended up getting Corona. Like you will see back to what the the second place vote Kendrick Nunn in the Rookie of the Year conversation. I think you'll see him, but he's got to play more than twenty minutes. I still don't think it's enough, and that's the problem. It's just not enough. And then I think their biggest problem 
is that it's not enough in the paint. It's not enough on boards. It's it's they got outboarded almost by twenty. Lakers had fifty four. Heat had thirty six. It's it's a size thing. Unless they can cause Anthony Davis or Dwight Howard to get into into some foul trouble, they can cause them to commit to some fouls or or somehow draw some fouls. I, I somewhere in the paint but that would cause more people to be driving in the paint and it's just it's just a lot of different problems a little little nitpicky things with the heat and that's why i think i i, I remember i said lakers in six i'm gonna drop it down to five now <laughs> i'm gonna drop it down to five and I, i'm trying not to like get too hype off of one game but they just looked so bad i i tried to be bold and say the Heat in seven. I love. I mean, it was. It's a fun team to watch. It has been fun all off seat or all uh, playoff long. It's fun being right, especially when during the conference finals and stuff. But I think it was too bold to say. Heat. Mm-hmm. And. I don't know how long Drogic is going to be gone. I assume for most of it. Bam, I think, I think if Bam comes back, if Bam comes back, he's not going to be the same. Yeah. Um. I think. And so I want to ask you this question. Okay. After after all that, I have really three guys in my mind who have the potential to to pick up the slack. Who have the potential that three guys that need to pick it up for them to for the Heat to be able to challenge, and I'm not saying win. You you'd recognize I'm saying challenge. I'm gonna say Jay Crowder, and that and that's on the defensive side, and that's where rebounds come in because Bam Adebayo is your main rebounder, and you just saw that happen. Your next biggest guy, really closest to him, Kelly Olynyk, Iguodala, and Jay Crowder. Iguodala doesn't get enough minutes. He's not going to be in the paint enough. So really, to me, it's on Jay Crowder now to be the main guy playing defense on Anthony Davis and also the main guy getting those rebounds. Kelly Olenek is another person who I think I think is going to be a joint a joint thing between them, who's guarding who's guarding Anthony Davis and who's getting rebounds. It's going to be they have to combine to be able to make up the type of production they lost for Bam Adebayo. And the last person is Kendrick Nunn. Out of all of them, though, I think the person who really, really, really has to step it up is Jay Crowder. He's a he's a starter. This is your starting five. He, he, up until the bubble, like they mentioned last night, up until even, not even the bubble, up until the, the Eastern Conference Series, Eastern Conference Finals, he was one of their best per shooters, three-point-wise, percentage-wise. Like, I need... They're going to need that to come back. They're going to need him to be on boards. They're going to need him to be in the paint, drawing fouls, blocking shots. And that's just to give him a chance. I don't think he's that kind of... And that's just to give him a chance. And and that's, I feel like, the underlying thing is just they're outmatched and outnumbered. And I hate it for two reasons. One, because I wanted to see a good series against the Lakers Heat because... Of course, it's LeBron versus the Heat, his old team, his old coach, the the storyline behind it. And then second, 
There wasn't bad blood between those two, was there? No, it's not bad okay. blood. No, no bad blood. Um, just, just facing your old team, just to to go back against someone that that helped raise you. But the second reason is, like I said this before, I said it, I think, a few shows ago. I don't want to hear any excuses of LeBron had the easy route. I don't want to hear it. LeBron doesn't pick the route that he goes. LeBron plays the teams that make it. The Clippers choked. The Nuggets didn't. The Heat all got injured. That's, he can't control that. <laughs> Damian, Lillard, Damian Lillard didn't play, what, two the last few games of their series. He went off for that one game. These aren't things that he can control. And I can already see it now, and it's already been happening on Twitter. Look, three and six is easy cakewalk to the finals because of this, this, and that, and that. He can't control any of that. He plays who he plays. And I, I and that's the biggest reason I wanted to see. I wanted him to decimate a full Miami team so that everyone could say see and say, okay, like this this isn't this isn't LeBron's cakewalk. This is LeBron's MVP. I think that I mean, the Lakers were, talent-wise... Or should have been MVP. Talent-wise, I, I don't think that it was really a question. I, Over who Nugget, series? No, I'm talking about the in the NBA. The, they are the, the most talented. See, until the, two, until two the Clippers top started choking, I would, until the Clippers started, until we saw Pandemic P, I would agree with you. Yes. I mean, no. I mean, when once we saw Pandemic P, that's when I started. That's when I can agree with you. Because up until here's then, the thing. Every, they should have been the team that every, should be challenged. Every championship team catches a break along the way. It's just facts. Mm-hmm. Things it's, have to go right. Exactly. It's 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 just, and I just I just don't I just the biggest thing is I just I'm so tired of the excuses that they. They give excuses for greatness nonstop, constantly. Can we just enjoy the players? Exactly. Can we just enjoy what they're doing without having to say, getting off topic here, MJ versus LeBron. Can we just enjoy what MJ was in the 90s and what LeBron is now? Like, I know that's cheesy to say right now. And that was something else. Scottie Pippen had came out and um, made comments saying basically, like, the bubble was soft, blah, 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 blah. Paul Pierce had said something else about... I don't want to hear anything from Paul we Pierce. Wouldn't, we wouldn't have let LeBron I saw Paul do Pierce last that. night. I saw Paul Pierce last night on the freaking um, video thing where the fans go, and it just made me sick. That man just makes me he's sick. Just, he's, he's so... LeBron lives so, so, so rent-free in his mind... That Paul, it, it 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 truly bothers him. Like he he, I think he just feels the need to have to bring up some reason why his Celtics team and he is better than LeBron every chance he gets on TV. Paul Pierce is the most insecure <laughs> basketball player. Oh my god! Of all time, Dwayne Wade's final game. Paul Pierce is. Oh, I was still better than Dwayne. Oh, I'm better than LeBron. Shut up, Paul Pierce. Oh, this is this is this is what um Pippen had said. Pippen said that Rondo, cause yeah, that's another person that I want to bring up. 
Rondo, it, it, and this is one thing I love about the Lakers getting the chance to win. We get to see Dwight Howard and Rajon Rondo. Dwight Howard get his first ring and Rajon Rondo get another. Two players that are super deserving, have, have given everything they have to this sport, have have been there for so many years and given us so many great moments and stuff. And it's just, it's just, it, it makes you feel good to see people like that, especially Dwight Howard get a ring in his second time in LA after, after a first one failed with disastrous. Kobe. Yeah, completely, was... completely broke down. Yeah. And just to see the way his career went, getting basically shipped out of his last two teams for nothing, for over, over for pennies and, and we'll being see. tired of him. Yeah. But, it's, it's just something great to see. And this is what Scottie Pippen came and said. Scottie Pippen came out and said, if there was no bubble, Rajon Rondo wouldn't be able to make threes. I, I, I mean, I don't know how those two things relate at all. <laughs> I, just, I don't get it. If, Rajon, if Rondo played in a regular, not in a bubble... He wouldn't be able to make three. <laughs> it makes no sense. I don't know where he pulls these things from. Scottie Pippen. Scottie Pippen is another person, and and he he's always wishy washy. One day he'll 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 be praising people that are in the league. Now, next day he'll be like they're soft and they're this and this. And he gets on my nerves sometimes too. It's just he kind of has that mentality of like, I don't care what any of these guys do. I'll strap up right now and beat them all. <laughs> like, but uh, like. You don't know what would have happened with there in the bubble or not. Rajon Rondo getting better at shooting, getting better at shooting threes is not because of the bubble. It's because of how the NBA plays today. He has to shoot more threes. But <laughs> hey, I'm I'm gonna let them do that. I keep trying to find a clever thing to say, like something funny. Like I don't know. That's just. Makes no sense. Exactly. How do those things <laughs> add up? How did if, you get to if that? He was, if he How did didn't you make threes, three point. Like I, I don't know. I don't then, know. Scotty just be talking, man. But yeah, yeah. I want to to wrap to wrap up basketball. We're about to move on to college football. Um, yeah. I would just I just want to say I think Lakers in five. I'll say Lakers in five. Yeah. Without Bam. Without Drogic. I think Bam will be back. Game two, no. I think by game three or four, yes. I think they'll I have think to it will escape. Be, I think it will be a reduced Bam, a Bam that's not playing 100%. And, yeah, Lakers in five. I'm, I'm, I'm glad to see Rondo and Howard get another one. And, and the fact that they're contributing. They're not just on the team. They're actually giving quality minutes especially rondo recently he's turned into playoff rondo i know he hates that nickname but he, he's he's doing what his nickname is do you want to do a college football preview specifically georgia auburn because i can't get over what you said monday um, i can't get over the fact that you said i want to have more auburn, time on that so i want auburn, to do nfl first auburn okay. <laughs> Fine, let's do okay. NFL uh, yeah, first. I want to have I want to go through NFL quick because there's not much to say. Big news in the NFL: Titans had nine test positive mm-hmm. in their organization for COVID. Originally delayed the game to Monday. Postpone. They yeah. said they were going to play Monday or Tuesday, yeah. and then Bizarre. had more positive tests over the last. So they're going to be postponing. So, just completely postponing. Which now. is going to be hard because they are they're off week seven. And the Vikings are week eight. 
Well, they're playing the Steelers. That was the game they postponed. The Vikings had right. a positive test. But aren't the Vikings going to have to sit out for a couple days the, too? Yeah, that's the thing that the Vikings... I think the Vikings game has a better chance of still being put on because they've hadn't had any positive tests. So, the, although the Vikings might not like it, it's and the Vikings might press against it against the NFL, It, I think it's still ultimately the league's decision whether or not they play on Sunday. Which they should play really, on really Monday. sucks, and that's a terrible thing yeah. for them to do, and a lot of people are going to be mad at Goodell, but... I think I think they're gonna end up still forcing them to play on Sunday because you have what I mean. Have you heard anything? It's it's Thursday. All they've just basically said is they're not allowed in the facility and they're and they haven't played still. No, I. It has haven't practiced. It has still. to be. It has to be like. Which is sad for me. I just picked up Justin Jefferson on my fantasy team. I don't even know no. if he if he's ready. Well. Yeah, I don't have any. If this was last year, I'd have been really mad because I had Derrick Henry, but I don't have anybody on either of those two teams. But I think, oh, dang, I do have Derrick Henry. But um, I think that that game will end up getting pushed to December, probably, because, I, I mean, unless well, they the have Steelers like a week and Titans 18? Viking, I don't know, because they have to have somewhat been prepared for this. Because oh, the, yeah. NFL, the NFL... They, well, they didn't create a bubble. They didn't do any of these things to like just be like completely shut it out. They've just basically been like, you guys want to keep playing football? Then you know what to do to be right. They had their hotel type type bubble situations for training camps and stuff like that. And they've been running multiple tests every day. I think they said, I think there was a, a report that came out that said uh, Titans personnel said he had got tested three times that day that they had came out with a positive test. And... That makes me question, not to get political here, but that makes mm-hmm. me question how what, well the yeah. tests are and stuff like that. Yeah, and that was one thing that Ryan Clark had said on Get Up is, um, "Do I?" They asked him, "Do like, you do you false trust negative the NFL and false positive?" Exactly. He like, was like, "Do you trust the NFL medically?" He said, "Medically, normally, no." This is this is quote by Ryan Clark. He said, "Normally, no." He was like, he he was like, he was like, I have. A story because he was talking about how he, whenever he went through his injury or illness or whatever, he had lost over 30, 40 pounds. They couldn't figure out what's wrong with him. They just keep basically telling him, we don't see anything. You're fine. Like, blah, 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 blah. Basically giving him all these these crap answers of like, like we don't know. You should be fine. We think you're just losing weight because you're just losing weight. And then it finally got to the point where he, he got tired of it. And, and they, they, he went to someone else, I'm pretty sure he said, and they found out what was wrong with him. And he said, he said, so if that gives you an idea of how I feel about the NFL medically, that's how I feel. But that being said, I think they are taking Corona the right way. The best way that they possibly can while still playing. How have we not had more positives, though? That's day. I, I said that. These I think I said that on the show before. Travel, they just they're travel hitting each other. Exactly. They go home. Exactly. They don't, and like they, you said, there's no bubble. The the the, the most, most, most mysterious thing to me. How did no one on the Vikings get it? No one. They played a full four-quarter game of football, tackle football, and no one on the Vikings got it. And, unless I, it was I some bench Titans, players, unless it was some bench players on the Titans, like I don't, I don't get that. I don't. That doesn't make sense to me. I think the Titans had some issues in the off season. 
they had a they had I think they had a good bit in the off season. I know specifically one right tackle tested positive, and at least one other time he had been around somebody that was tested positive. Mm-hmm. But I think that they had a they had a, lo- a good bit. So it doesn't surprise me that it's them. But yeah, it just makes me makes you question, makes you think. Like yeah. how have we it, gone it, 3 it kinda, weeks? Yeah. I, it kind of it kind of I feel like it didn't put a scare on the NFL, but it kind of put a like a pause where you kind of cuz we had gone and 3 weeks without working? any positive test that it, it you it kind of hit that pause of like wow, like they still can have positive tests. Like are we still like having that. a 10-day quarantine because didn't AJ Terrell I don't I don't even know yeah AJ Terrell yeah apparently he but he was going to the Sunday. COVID list too he played Sunday didn't he I have no yeah I don't know but they also have those proximity things where it's like yeah if you're close to someone so maybe he didn't even have it maybe he was in proximity maybe. but I don't know how all that works I want to say something about quick about the Packers Falcons before we get into Auburn UGA um you wanted to give our over unders. Yes, over under. Um, forty two points given up. Forty two by the Falcons. <laughs> Sheesh. <laughs> They've av- hey uh, hey uh, hey hey first two game first hey, two I, weeks. I can't even I can't I can't. Disagree. Plus, you don't know if Raheem Morris is going to spend more time on AJ Dillon or Aaron Rodgers. Yeah. But so, <laughs> you're talking about their backup. Yes. <laughs> Honestly. Yeah. No, I'm talking about the running one of their running backs. Oh, um Aaron Jones. You're gonna focus more Aaron Jones, AJ Dillon, yeah. or are they but, gonna focus on Aaron Rodgers? I, I don't I don't yeah. You don't know I, what Raheem Morris is gonna focus I think, on. I think that Yeah, I think that we're gonna give up a lot of points. I think that average forty points a game the first two games. It will be a high scoring game. Just due to the fact that we're going to give up a lot of points and that the Falcons know they're going to have to keep scoring a lot. Even though the Packers' defense is, is solid, I think the Falcons' offense is good enough to score against solid defenses. Whether or not that lasts a whole game, <laughs> which I don't think it will. But you want to know my... I, I have a bold prediction that okay. I gave Chase before this game. I think that I, – I, I'm not giving a score, but I think the Falcons will win this one. Because, I, let me pull up the stat, but there's some crazy stat like Matt Ryan is undefeated or close to undefeated, maybe one or two games lost on Monday nights. In the last, I think, four meets, four games that the Falcons have played the Packers, they have won. How many of Going those back were to in the Super Lambeau, Bowl year? Because I don't think the Falcons Actually, are very successful in Lambeau. Yeah, yeah, I, I think. I know they've beaten going them back in the to the Dome. Super Bowl year. We played them one time in the regular season. We played them in the NFC Championship, and then we played them again. Like I think the next one of the year. following years. Yeah. yeah. But I think, mm, I think that Dark Cutter will hold the offense back to where they're going to have to settle for a field goal or two. I think that the offense is good. Oh, and Young Way Koo is doubtful for the game. Uh, yes, I know. <laughs> I'm going to say, I'll say under. Over under 42, I'm going to say 38 to 21. 
I'll say, to go along with my bold prediction, I guess I'll give you all a score. I say super, super close game. 32 to 31. Close game? Oh. I'm saying, yeah, I'm saying if the Falcons win, I think the Packers' defense is better. Oh, okay. Yeah, I'm saying to go along with my bold prediction, Falcons win, close game. To, To be realistic... Packers blowing us out. <laughs> yeah, I think your no. score is more realistic. Your score is a lot more realistic than Falcons 0 of 2 on fourth downs. Missed opportunity in the red zone. And score a touchdown with two minutes left right after the two-minute warning. Lose 38 to 21. Now I just need to go back to Monday's show. I just need you to explain yourself a little bit more <laughs> when you say, "Okay, well, you say Auburn knows what they want to run offensively, so they, that's why they're going to beat Georgia." They, it's not. It's you're thinking too literal in terms of plays. What else am I'm I supposed saying, to think? I'm saying they know their offensive scheme. They know it's five plays. Of course, they know what it is. I mean, still, they know that the five plays that they like to do. They know the five plays, or or however many plays they have that that work. I'm telling you, Georgia went out there and it was an experiment for the first half. Did you? Watch I don't. I don't. The I, don't, I, don't half? I don't. I don't think. I don't think the second half was any less of an experiment. I think that just Stetson Bennett. Twenty acts, of twenty nine. Wait, listen. That's all I was about to say. I don't think Stetson Bennett was any less of an experiment. I think his experiment turned out well. I think his experiment went a lot better than Dewan Mathis. Why do you say it was, it was an experiment? Because they went out there unsure of who they were starting on quarterback. I don't. If the, if if I disagree if with that. If they did, I disagree with that. I think that they were. They knew, J T. Daniels wasn't cleared. I think they brought him on the trip hoping he would be cleared at some point, but he wasn't cleared. And went with Dwan Mathis, saying, "If JT isn't good, then we're gonna go with Dwan Mathis." They they weren't planning to go with the walk-on. They brought in they brought in two quarterbacks, one a former five-star and one a potential top three-round quarterback. Was number three on Pro Football Focus under Fields and Lawrence. Come on, Jamie Newman. Yes. I. Stetson Bennett, yes, he came in, he did the job, more than the job, showed off athleticism, and frankly, Bo Nix doesn't look any better than he was last year. Based on that game against Kentucky, I know it's one game. I don't, I'm not going to overreact to one game. That's the thing, I never. I don't think he needs to look better. That's the thing. Yes, he I, does. Once, once again, I think... No, no dis- Kentucky was the fourth, according to... Um, ref or SEC football reference. Kentucky was number four in the SEC in defense last year. So they don't. They were a good defense. But let's not sit here and say Bo Nix got away with some throws or didn't get away with some throws last week. I never said that. He throws off. Here's Bo Nix, like you said before so the show. Is, Be- like you said before the show, it's one. It is one read, like Jalen Hurts at Alabama. It is one read. If it's not there, t- 
take off running. Except he's not going to take off and just like run up the middle. Mm. He's going to dance around the pocket a little bit, and then he's going to try and run a little bit. What is your that, what? Okay, okay, okay. So Georgia is so deep me, on defense. Yeah, exactly. They you, are you already so know, deep you already on know defense. I was about to say. I want to give. I want you to give me your reasons of why you think that Auburn won't at least try y'all because you said 20 to 7 and that's and that's my biggest problem is that you just because because in the sec 20 to 7 is really a blowout (laughs) it really is the past since okay since kirby smart has been there this includes the 40 to 17 win in 2017 seven points in the 2017 sec championship Seven points in the 2016 game. Ten points in the 2018 game. Fourteen points in last year's game. All of those five games, even with the 40-point game, they average 15 points a game against Georgia. Take away that game, 40-point game, they average nine points, nine and a half points against, against Georgia. Kirby Smart, when he was at Alabama, was, if not the best defensive coordinator in college football, he was damn near close to that. It doesn't, it doesn't take the best defensive coordinator to distinguish five plays in film. It probably takes him two hours tops. So you're saying that Kirby Auburn Smart doesn't have his enough- number. Your so you're basically, silent. yeah, I'm, 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 it's, the problem is my laptop, but you're basically saying that Auburn doesn't that have... That is one reason. You're saying Auburn doesn't have enough offense. They lost four starters on the offensive line. They were uninspiring in the run last Saturday. And Bo Nix looks no better than he was last year. Bo Nix looks no better than he was last year, but he looks no worse than Stetson Bennett's. No, I don't. I don't think twenty of twenty nine for two. Wait, listen. I don't think he looks any better than Stetson Bennett, but I don't think he looks any worse. But once again, they know what they, who they are. I and am, let me finish. Let me finish. That's your problem. You never let me finish what I keep saying. You just keep going back to they run five plays before I can finish. They know who they are on offense to the point they know who their playmakers are. They know. They know who their playmakers are. They know what plays they're going to run, and they're confident in it. <laughs> it's really that simple. They're confident in it. Georgia has, I, I, I promise you, or, or from what I've seen, Georgia has no confidence, obviously, in Stetson Bennett, or he would have started that game. Dewan Mathis, there was nothing that you could have saw from him that if they felt confident in Stetson Bennett, Bennett wasn't a freaking experiment, he should have started. I just, Bo Nix is wanna, not an experiment. If you know like the one or two playmakers that Auburn has, Seth Williams, Anthony Eli, St- Eli Stove, and Anthony Schwartz. Who does, Georgia, think- who does Georgia have as an offensive playmaker, established offensive playmaker that Auburn should actually be scared of? George Pickens. He's one of the best wide receivers in the SEC. 
Darnell Washington is like George six, Pickens. Eight. George Pick. They who should they should actually be scared of? Who who? George who do you think Pickens. that Auburn Auburn other than George Pickens, or or is that the only one? Because if that's the only one, Darnell Washington. Zamir White. Zamir White underperformed. He didn't play as he well as he averaged five yards a carry. Five and a half yards a carry. He averaged five and a half yards a carry because it was Arkansas's defense. That's not Auburn. That's not Auburn. Auburn's Auburn's defense lost four players from the secondary. Hey Amen. I'm lost telling you. Two, lost Marlon Davidson and Derek Brown on the defensive line. And their linebackers are slow. Let's let's go back. Auburn's Auburn. Let me get this out here. Auburn was outrushed, outpassed. Had fewer first, had fewer first downs, and had fewer third down conversions against Kentucky. If you go back and watch that first half, Kentucky should have had a touchdown. But it was called back by a horrible call. Terry Wilson was frankly terrible. And Chip, Chad Morris, new offensive coordinator, complete disaster at Arkansas, and really gets a lot of his plays from Gus Malzahn. So the fact... It was 8-7 to seven at halftime. Again, Auburn. Was, Auburn has no established running game. Bo Nix was the leading was the leading rusher last week. I think that that's a little bit sad. To tell you the truth. Georgia's defense. Georgia's defensive line, specifically. With Jordan Davis in the middle. Zizo Jalari. Jalen Carter coming in as a freshman. I mean, you can say Georgia, all that, and Georgia's I still don't seven. trust Georgia. I just Georgia's, don't. Auburn like, lost four offensive linemen from last year, and their one returning starter on was only a starter for half the year last year. wasn't even a, He hasn't even been a, like an established multiple year starter. Georgia and uh, receiver George Pickens Kiaris Jackson Kiaris Jackson went off yesterday see you don't last Saturday he showed himself Darnell Washington six like six eight looks like LeBron James if he played football You don't appreciate a good defense. Who? You. Have you? What? You don't appreciate. Did you hear you, everything you I have, said about Alabama's defense last year about how, how I hated even though we were missing one you, player? Your teams are. Your team last year, horrible defense. Falcons, terrible defense. You were you. See, there's what I'm more used to, to and what more, I appreciate is you, There's not more it. to good football than just having. An offense that's going to put up 50 points a game. You know I've watched Alabama for how many years? They don't do that. 
Let me ask you, did you even watch the second half of the Georgia Arkansas game yesterday? I, I didn't week? I didn't get a chance to watch the full oh. thing. I didn't get a chance to watch the full thing. Let's But I'll give you what what I what I've watched. You watched the first half. I watched I watched the first half and I would say I the watched first like first half. Three quarters into like the third quarter. So three quarters of the third quarter. Yeah, I would say like Justin. Around almost almost three quarters of the game. How are you even gonna sit here and argue if you didn't even watch the whole game? Because I can see that Georgia's panicking right now. They're pan. <laughs> They've are- cleared JT Daniels. They put out Dwan Mathis, who wasn't ready. They put out Stetson, who I think was honestly, once again, like I've told you, an experiment. I don't think. And then here's another thing. I don't think. On defense, y'all are solid on defense. They were the number one defense last year in the SEC. On defense, and they bring everybody back minus one or two. On defense, y'all are solid, but I haven't. I know it's one game, but Auburn can also cause turnovers. And the one other thing, and, and the one thing I'm not gonna put past anybody is Gus Malzahn and his tricky little crap, because you know he'll do oh. it. <laughs> Gus Malzahn and his little, Please. his little tricky stuff, his little whatever he be doing, his little voodoo bs that he has with him games voodoo bs yes but i'm not banking it on that those are just things to add i think that i'm banking it on i think that georgia the doesn't know who they stars. are on offense and auburn knows who they are on offense and y'all's defense even though georgia's i give y'all a slight edge is not a big one a big one for what are you kidding me are you you're joking no, I'm you dead are actually serious. joking. Right? I'm dead serious. You think that <laughs> I'm dead serious? So four, four lost starters on defense, plus two like first rounders on the defensive line, and a linebacking core that doesn't really match up. You're gonna you're gonna sit here and say that that is the same talent level as a Georgia defense that is big that does their job. 11 helmets to the ball every single time. Is two recovered fumbles and one interception for 30 yards not their job? The Auburn's defense? What they gave Were us? they forced fumbles or were they costly turnovers? I'm I'm not 100% sure, but they got exactly. on the ball. I think that three interceptions, including a pick six, and... Three sacks. I mean, Bo Nix, if he gets any pressure, will throw off his back foot. And he got away with throws against Kentucky's secondary. But he's not going to get away with throws against a Richard LeCount, against an Eric Stokes. And you know what? So It's so deep in the secondary. If it's not Eric Stokes, it's going to be DJ Daniel. It's going to be Tyson Campbell. It's going to be Lewis Seen. It's going to be Tyreek Stevenson. Somebody will, and if you and if you take away, if you take away a Seth Williams, I'm sorry. If you can hold him to like one or two catch, frankly even three catches, then Auburn has nothing. Because Georgia's defense can stop that run. I think they're going to force both Nick. There's there's going to over. 
Bo Nix is not going to win you a football game. And he's going to have to. He's not going to be able to get away with the one read and then dance around the pocket for a little bit and try and make something happen with his legs. I think he's you're not very get overconfident away in Georgia's defense. I think that you didn't prepare enough Mm-mm. and you didn't see it. No, I yes. think I think you're really old, Greg. Because honestly, Georgia's defense wasn't something that stat-wise, yes, but Georgia's defense watching-wise, I don't know if it's also paired with watching Jake Fromm on the other side, wasn't something that impressed that much to me last year. They didn't lose a lot of starters, but what does that mean when they they didn't really go anywhere? Why are you looking at me I don't, like that? I, I'm just blown away I, that hey, you, what you're saying. Bringing, I am bringing you stats. I am bringing you facts. And you're going to sit here and say, oh, Gus, Gus Malzahn knows what he's going to run. He knows these five plays, and he, and he's confident in these five plays. You know what? Gus Malzahn has been so confident in himself that he has made himself play caller, and it has bit him in the ass every single Dude, every single a, year. Hey, and a, then this year he brings in Chad Morris, who's basically a clone of Gus Malzahn. I'm a, I'm a, I'm gonna wrap it up because this is we're we're past an hour, but I am so I'm gonna excited you, I'm gonna for that game on 18. Saturday night. I'm give you 21-18, and I'm standing on that. I don't I don't I don't trust Georgia. I don't. I really don't. And that's I don't know. I just I don't. <laughs> I might even I go up reasons. a little bit more. I think you're talking yourself into it. I can't. I, I really I, don't. I can't wait for this game. I told you. I've I given you. I have given too. you facts. I have given you facts. What have you really given me? Georgia's not ready. They're not. They're not ready on they're offense. Not ready. They're not ready. Coaching wise, I I don't think they're ready. They're honestly, not ready coaching wise, because uh, offensively, coaching wise. Yes. I think what the biggest thing it boils down to, because looking at Auburn and Georgia, y'all match up to me well on defense. Y'all match up to me. Uh, you can give me all your stats about last year, whatever, whatever. I don't care. You you, you guys match up well on defense. Auburn's this good at defense. Y'all that good at defense. On offense is the Auburn, problem. Here's what the I'm offense saying. offense is the problem. Once again, I know you're, what does that mean? I think you know what it means. I think you just don't want to know what it means. Auburn knows what they can do on offense. Just like you say that you, one more time. Okay, I, just like okay, 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 okay. So I'll give you this: when the Falcons go out there, and in the first half they're running the ball and they're passing the ball and they look amazing and they know what to do on offense, they're winning. They come out in the second half and then they start looking lost on offense. Should we pass? Should we run? Should we do this? Can we do this? What happens? They blow leads. They can't keep it. They lose here's, games. Here's what happens. Auburn, if you're going to talk about, if you want to talk about first half, which is what I guess you want to talk about. No, I'm talking about about offense as a whole. Eight to seven in a first half. Here's what happened. They score on the first drive with ease. And then once they figure out those five plays, Auburn's got nothing. And that happens every single year. Maybe not against your Bama defense last year. So give give me your next score. Give me your score. 24 to 10. 21-18, 21-18, Auburn. Well, that wraps it up. Um, check back with us Monday after a Georgia win. 
and we'll talk about how you're right so we're, we're going to talk about how right I was, and dude, you're, we're going to be so. Dude, it's going to be you amazing. Sound like such a Georgia sports fan. It's ridiculous right now. <laughs> you, you realize that? You realize we'll that? preview. We'll preview the NLDS. We'll talk about an amazing Georgia victory in which their defense dominated. For Chase, I am. For Justin, I am Chase. I'm Justin. This has been. Let's get it. Deuce, deuce.